1: Seat belts on. <laughs> amen. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Holy Go- Holy Ghost seats. Yeah, seat belts. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. While you're finding Mark chapter 9, look at there. I found it. While you're finding Mark chapter 9, I just want to encourage you this morning. So many things can happen when we hear and listen to God. Uh, years ago, there was a lady, she was really tormented by depression. We talked and sang this morning a lot about freedom and what God can do for us. And, and this lady, she was really suffering with it. And she knew God and, and things like that, but she just couldn't get through that depression. And so she thought, well, she'd had all kinds of advice. She'd had counsel, all those kinds of things. And she, but she still was none the better. And so she thought, I'm going to go to the word. And she began to put the word in her in new ways and put the word and read the word and read the word. She went to Psalm 96 and began to read that. And as she was reading it, she thought, you know, this is the word of God. This is the truth. This is the word of God. This is the truth. Have you found Mark chapter nine? Because it's going to be important to you today. So when she was looking through the word of God and she found that, she went to the piano because she liked to play piano. And as she was talking to the Lord, she thought, you know, because it was encouraging praise. And, and that she knew that that was the way out. That's what the word said, that the word of God would, would lift and it would heal. And so she began to sing, and from Psalm 96, she wrote, shout to the Lord. That was Darlene's ash. Oh. And it broke that spirit of depression, and she was set free. And that song changed things, changed things. The word of God is true, and it works. And, and we can be sure it'll work for us. Amen. In Mark chapter 9, we see a very interesting story, starting at verse 17. One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto you my son, which is in the King James Version, it says dumb spirit, means he couldn't talk. And wheresoever it takes him, it tears him, and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. This kid was in a rough shape. I spake to your disciples, and they could not cast him out, Uh, that they should cast him out and they could not and he answered them and said, oh, faithless generation. He wasn't talking to the dad. He was talking about his leaders, his people who knew him or who should know him. Where was their faith? Why wasn't it working? And today we're sitting in a situation where I looked out about a year and a half ago and I said, I knew that there was a place where if we could come to a place of faith, we could believe and see healing again. We could see miracles again. We've seen a few. Our dear sister is in Ontario, who God has worked miraculously in her life and brought her many healings Sakila. And so we know that we're in a situation where we need to come to faith again. And we need to get it founded in us again. We should be the ones unmoved. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. And somehow with all of the clutter in the world's voices, it is like pushed down. I don't want to say to you this morning, your faith is still in there. It just got a, a little clearing of the dust that we talked about last week. Well, Pastor did, and I just ran with it. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it says, how long shall I be with you? Bring him here. And when they brought him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tore him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, and he asked of his father, how long? Now, okay, think about what we're watching here. His son, who he's broken over is now with Jesus and the kids on the floor screaming and flipping out and probably foaming and doing all the things he just talked about. He's on the ground. And Jesus stops to have a discussion with the dad. How long has he been doing this? And you're like, why isn't he doing something? Ever felt like that? In the middle of the storm, it can feel like where in the world is God? Why does he want to have a conversation with me? Can't you see I need him now? Why isn't he taking action now? Why isn't he on my time schedule? Hmm? Of course, I'm probably the only one who's ever gone through that. Mm-hmm. After today, surely not. <laughs> Amen? And oftentimes, and here he goes, he says, well, it happened since he was a kid. It throws him in the fire and the waters to, to destroy him. It's not just to, you know, torture the kid. It was to destroy him. Mm -hmm. If you can do anything, have compassion on the boy? Us. Us. When it comes to healing, when it comes to the freedom of God, we know that pain and when it attacks a person, when it attacks family, it doesn't just hit the person. It hits the us. It hits the us. It hits the us. If you have compassion on us, God knows your family. He knows what hurts you. And he can deliver you from it. Amen. And so his answer is, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Straightway, the father of the child cries out with tears and says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Did he have faith? Absolutely he did. He just didn't have faith for the healing. And I believe that that's a lot of us could say that today. We have, we believe in Jesus. We believe and we're beginning to get a little bit better picture of who he is. We're beginning to understand a little bit more about what we personally believe. And I want to tell you something very precious this morning. Admission, admission is the key to open the door for faith to grow. Hear me. Admission is the key to open the door for faith to grow. Why do I say that? He was able to say where he wasn't having faith. A lot of us today, if we get challenged, well, you, you know, that happened because you didn't have any faith, and we've used it in the wrong way. He had some faith. He came to Jesus He had to believe then that Jesus had to be able to do something for him, right? It wouldn't have made any sense otherwise. He came to the disciples because he was believing there could be change. He came to Jesus because he believed that something could change in his family. There was some faith there, and the devil might have come along, and he'd been telling you, you know what, you're just like that guy, and you can't get nothing done, and you're just so low in faith. There's never anything going to change in your life, and that is the biggest lie. You and I have faith because he gave us the seed of faith that we might believe. He gave us a seed, and I got a hold of it. You just need to find it again. Get the stuff off of it. And believe again. And and I want to tell you something. The devil doesn't know you. Are you sure, Pastor? Absolutely. I know who knows me. I know God knows me and he knows my name. He knows me. He knows me. He knows how to talk to me. He knows how to reach me. The devil doesn't know that. He's a fallen angel. He's not in the same class as God. All he's got is what he's seen you do, and what he hears come out of your mouth. That's all he's got. So he cannot know you. He may know a few things you've said, but even that's twisted because it comes through his bad filter. He's not that bright. Are you sure, Pastor? Absolutely, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure of it. Because every time he's come and shown up his ugly face in my life, it, it fires me up. And I just get more close to God. And I fight, and I get the word out, and I speak the word, and I get through. So if he really knew me, he wouldn't do that. If he really knew me, he'd try some other way, which he has not. And he keeps trying the same old, same old. It's up to me to catch on. Hmm? Mm -mm 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 -mm. So what we've got to do is find that seed again. It's in there. Oh, it's in there. And we need to start having some bulldog faith. Now I'll tell you a funny story. Because I'm going to show you some scriptures this morning. Going to clear off some dust. Get that faith operating. And you can operate in greater faith. And your faith can grow. Amen. Amen. God wants your faith to grow so that we know when we say, Jesus, whoa, something's going to change. I believe it. I believe it. Now I happen to have a shirt that was blessed to me. I didn't purchase it myself, but I wear it. And I like it. It says bulldog faith. And I like it. And I was wearing it on Friday. And I was out with Doreen. And she was running around with me and helping me do some errands. And we sh- she shows up. Yes, She wearing it, too. <laughs> it was kind of funny. We laughed about that. And then, like this morning, we showed up. We look, we're both wearing boots. Isn't that funny? But <laughs> we didn't plan it. We didn't talk to each other. And we just kind of have fun sometimes. And so we, we stopped at a place to grab a bite to eat for some lunch. Because now we've been running around. It's 2 o'clock. And we're hungry. And we walk in. And this fella says, he sees my shirt, and he's sitting down at a table. And he says, what's that bulldog faith? What's that mean? And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> See, now, if the devil's a smart, he wouldn't have done that with that lad. <laughs> if he knew me, if he knew me, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know you. So I say, you know how a bulldog, if you give him a bone, because part, it's partly because of the way their jaw is formed kind of comes around and gives them a bone you can't get it out of their mouth they get a hold of it and that bone is not going back in your hand and so I begin just like say, tell him you know it's like a bulldog when they get a hold of something they don't let go and I said I said and that's what it's like with faith and he's like Oh, well, I knew the church thing yeah 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 it is <laughs> and so okay define irony I have just told him, and I'm wearing a bulldog face shirt. I have just told him I like a bulldog. And, I, and he's now, he's asked about it. He knows it has to do with church. And, and I've just explained how a bulldog doesn't let go. And he tries to let go. <laughs> But I wasn't letting go, <laughs> and I begin to go farther. I said yes, and I don't let go, and I get all fired up. He's like, Whoa. He's trying to hide, you know. He's getting out his phone. He's looking at his phone. <laughs> Irony. He asked. He got the full meal deal, and it wasn't even McDonald's. <laughs> and, and 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 it was fun. But isn't that sometimes how we feel about faith? Do we get the whole deal? And then we get near and it's kind of scary. It's a point where we get out of the boat and we're like, ooh, we're in faith now. Ah, (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a fun thing. So let's find out how to get to where we're going. So we know this, first of all, this guy in this story was not faithless. He, He had some faith. And if we can find the place where we know we have faith, it can grow but we got to admit it and you see when we're willing to admit stuff and confess stuff the devil's got nothing on us right now there are some areas I don't have faith Ah! but I want to grow there if I don't know how to do math I go to math class it's pretty simple no condemnation Jesus isn't the author of condemning you because you didn't have faith that day Or it appeared that you did not have faith that day. Hear me. Mm -mm -mm. Nope, 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 nope. We know this, and most believers know Hebrews 11.6. Some of you may not. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But the other part, and see, we get hung up there, and we get hung up on these things and tried to hurt people. That's it and let me out of the game because man, I'm just never going to please God because I don't have really very good faith and, and I tried to be in faith and I tried to walk by faith and I failed and I fell over and all those things. But look at the look at the other side of this. For he he that comes to God, he that comes to God must believe that he is. That's what this guy did. He came to God because he believed there'd be change. He came to Jesus for his family because he believed something could change. So that's the order. He that comes to God must believe he is. And that's where we begin. And that's the place. If you're here today, you came because you have faith that you believe in God and something's inside of you that's alive. Mm -hmm. And it's alive, it's there. Let's give it a place to expand, amen? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, we're not trying to get saved. We're, we're born again here. I think every person here today is probably born again. I think so. If you're not, we'll fix it later. And so we know we've come to him. But if you come with that place that your filters are so tightly on, that have been filters of experience of failure, filters of experience of that didn't quite work. It tries to limit how faith can grow in your life. The filter this man had about his son was everything he had seen with his eyes. When it comes to children, the repetitive pain that they're in is not very easy to look at. It's not. It's hard. It was hard for his faith to grow, but he still came. He still came. And you might feel like, I really want to please God. Use that little piece inside. Start there. If you're here, you're using it and giving it a place to expand. It's going to kick out some of those other ideas that have been holding it down. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians 2, 6, because we're going to learn how to get this thing up and running again. Amen? The word of God get us up and running, just like it did to Darlene Zesh. Praise the Lord. She's written all kinds of good songs. One of my favorites, which I don't play very often, but I, uh, (laughs) Your Name, she wrote that one too. Your name, heaven and earth are going to bow down to your name. I love that song. I know not everybody's favorite, but it's one of mine. (laughs) And sometimes I get to bless you with it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. He raised you up together and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One of our greatest difficulties is once we finally figure out that I've got faith, we figure out our neighbor maybe not or we try to judge it. And, well, your faith isn't like mine. It's happened. And we as a church have got to get by some of that stuff and stop it. Mama's in the house today. I've seen some things. I don't like it. Don't judge each other where it is. Encourage them. That isn't going to help anybody. Well, your faith isn't where my faith is. Bless God. If it had been, uh, you know, you'd have something different going on. Come on. That attitude does not belong anywhere. And if I hear you, we're going to have a chat after. (laughs) Amen. We're going to come to the place where we encourage each other. He's made us sit together. He made us sit together. He made us sit together. And everything that tries to stop us from being together could just go down the tubes as well. Amen. (laughs) We're going to be together, and we're going to like each other. Amen? (laughs) And, you know, I understand some of us have different personalities. I have a very unique personality. It doesn't work well with everybody, but some people, you know, it kind of creates a I love it or hate it thing, you know, and it's because I'm black and white except for green today. But, you know, there's a place, and there'll be somebody you will connect with, maybe better than the next person beside you, but you're still the body of Christ. And he's made us sit together. He's made us sit together. And when we get to heaven, they're not going to be down the block. (laughs) Amen. In ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus. I hope we get some of that now. For by grace are you saved through faith. See, that's why I said you've got faith. You believed somewhere in your heart that he was with you. You believed somewhere inside he was on your side. He was on your side. He was on your side. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has before ordained. He knew what was going to happen. He knew how to prepare you. And you might have gone through some rough spots. I've been through a few. (laughs) lots but I believe that with the blood of Jesus we don't have to wear it most people would never know my past not because I'm trying to hide it it is not hidden you know I've done some pretty ignorant things in my life some things that were not God And, and they showed but God didn't talk about them no he doesn't I can talk about them if I want to share with the good things that God has done. But if the blood of Jesus really works, it's not going to show. And I'm not putting on a show. I'm not having to put on a fake thing and here, look, I'm going to smile nice. I couldn't lie. Man, bless the Lord. I, I, you know, I have a hard time, and I've said this before, smiling when things aren't going well. You know, it shows. I can't. It's just not, I'm not that person. I know some people can get up there and they can, you know, fake it till they make it or something like that. But that does not work for me. Uh, you know, I'm the person I and mean, I crossed the border. Well, when we used to, <laughs> I drive down there for gas and, and stop for, a, and I wasn't supposed to eat the pie. So when I got there, you know, I was trying to lose some weight. And, and bless the Lord, there was a place down there. And they had good pie and good ice cream. And I come to the, I'm going through the, the customs. I'm like, I had pie and ice cream. <laughs> you know, I couldn't. I just. What did you, are you bringing anything back? Yes, it's in my stomach. <laughs> you know, I went down for, for gas and cheese and milk and came back with, you know, pie in my stomach. And uh, so, I, you know, there's just not a place inside of me that, that does that. I know some people are very good at lying. Don't be practiced at it and don't be an expert in that area. Amen. <laughs> I'm his workmanship. So are you. And I've got faith inside of me. I want to give it a place to grow. I want to give it a place to flourish. When I come to him, he can work that good thing. When we come to him and, and we're admitting, admitting opens the door for faith to grow. And say, so, you know, God, uh, like this man said, I, I don't got it. <laughs> I've got this part, but I don't have that. I, I know I can come to you. I know if I come to you, you can fix it. That's faith. And see, at that place where you say, God, Here I am. Here I am. I have come to you. That's the best I got. And he goes, okay, I'll work with that. I'll work with that. I'll work with that. And, and there's, no, there's no parade, you know, there's no uh, masks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You just come. And he says, you know, I've got something for you. I'll, I'll work it in you. I'll work it in you. Some good things. Get you up. Get you past where your past doesn't do most of the talking. But your present and future begins to build hope inside of you. That you can walk in the things that God's called us to walk in. Before ordained that you should walk in. He says he knows that we need to come to the place of faith that our past is over. And that's a great place to begin. And you see with the fellow who was, had his dear son. It's difficult to get past all those images. His son gets healed. I've been in the place where I've seen people healed, but I had to get the image out of my head of what took place. I had to have healing. I was part of the us that needed healing. Do you understand? Uh, Some of you here know I was in a terrible motorcycle accident, and I went head over his heel. I'm riding again. Praise the Lord. Going to get better at it. Amen. But afterwards... um, My body was healed, but I was nervous. There were other parts that needed healing. There was an us part that needed fixing in my mind. And, And that's the part Jesus wants to fix with us. When we realize we're created for something more, he's working in us his good work that he's already got this plan. And you see, if we keep wrapped up in what we think the devil knows about us, we're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. I don't know if he'll ever use me. Yeah, he will. I've seen him use children who didn't understand very much. And he used a donkey. Not that you're donkeys. But we've got to move past that, amen. I found this thing. You see, I, I think we've, we've dressed up faith and made a lot of things that it really isn't. And that's why I'm trying to show you this morning that faith is that substance inside of you that's real. It's there. You came to Jesus because he likes you and you like him. At least you think you should. Amen. See, when I grew up in Sunday school, we were taught God loves you. And so I just thought he did. I never doubted that. I didn't always love God like I do today. Wasn't sure I could even do that. But I believed he loved me. Hmm? That was, did you get that? It was faith. That was faith. It was faith. And when I messed up, I came to him. Here's the hardest part: we don't come to him when we're doing well. Mhm. Israelite problem. We call out when we're in trouble. Things go well, and we think we don't need him. Mhm. Romans chapter ten. These are things that many of us learned in our foundational days, when we became believers. And when we go back and we refresh them in us, it helps that faith inside come alive again. A lot of us have that seed, but it just needs some water and some fresh oil poured on it so that it can live and have a place. So that the things of this world that try to quench it, that try to dry it up, that try to put yokes on it and hold it down. I mean, the only thing the devil knows is that if he can trick us into believing his lies, we'll do nothing. But if we ever figure it out, that we got a big God on our side, then we'll be trouble. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Romans 10, verse 6. The righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Now, I took a long time understanding the righteousness that God had made me righteous. It it, it took time. And then I get it in levels. Just kind of like, has anybody ever cooked and, and seen an onion? You know how it's got like skins, thins, and some are thick and and you peel them off. I felt like that where righteousness was concerned. I remember that day that 2 Corinthians five seventeen. it just like it came alive. I was sure somehow that those words on my Bible got bigger. It felt that way. I was like, oh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then uh, 2 Corinthians five I'm the righteousness of God. Oh, I, I was like, oh, oh, and, and it just came alive inside of me. And then it's come in layers. of of deeper understanding. I didn't have to try to be righteous. I had to receive the righteous. And when I received it from Jesus, it would come out of me. And see, I was always trying to chase righteousness once I learned about it. You know, like if I chase it, if I believe God, I'll get out the righteous scriptures. Now, that's that's just part of my makeup and how I do things. I like to logically process. So, you know what I did? I went through the book of Ephesians. I went through the book of uh, Philippians, uh, like the four letters to the churches and every place it said in him or through him. I circled it. I highlighted it. I printed them out. I wrote them out because I was going to get that righteousness with all my strength. I was going to process it. Hmm? I was going to learn about it. I was going to get everything I could out of it. And there was some growth, painful, but there was some. And, but the understanding, I'd search out the words. I'd look up the, the Greek in it. I'd try to find something that wasn't there. And I looked in the Old Testament, started looking through Isaiah, and talked about righteousness. I still didn't get it. I got pieces, thin pieces but I could feel that there was something growing inside. Without realizing it, I had actually watered some of the seed. And then one day it was like, I should have had a V8. (laughs) It went click inside, ah, I don't have to fight for this. (laughs) Now I'm describing it, but maybe some of you, you could just go home and think about it. You don't have to admit it here today that you have ever done such a thing. I've done the same thing with faith. I've tried, I'm have tried. i going to grow my faith. I'm going to get out every faith scripture. I'm going to memorize them. And I have a pretty good memory. So I would, I would quote them. I'd pull out, you know, there aren't very many blood of Jesus scriptures, but I'd find the ones and pull them out as well. And I'd go over them and I'd try to learn them. I, even, I, try, I thought, I'm going to learn, I'm going to memorize the whole New Testament. Well, that didn't go well either. I thought, I've been reading the Bible for a while, and I've heard about people who memorized the New Testament. And when I heard how they memorized it, then I was like, oh, well, my, 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 my. That's just not going to work. You know how they memorized it? Use. Reason of use. They read it so much it just became a part of them. They read it so much it what it became a part of them. And as I realized that, as I took in the righteous scriptures, scriptures about righteousness, that I believed, I believed it. I kept coming to him, and all of a sudden one day I went, I get it. <laughs> I'm the righteousness of God and crazy the a Click. <laughs> I'd like to say it came faster than I hoped it would, but it didn't. My logical brain wanted to sort it all out. And the same thing it's done with faith. And when I believed that if God put this in here, then it must be away from for me. And it worked. And it was. And I went, oh. And it got in. And I didn't have to go. <laughs> and so that's when I begin to realize I don't really have faith for that God. It opened the door for him to work through me. And you know what? I understood this. See, because I I grew up with all kinds of funny sayings. Church has got funny sayings. We try to put words around things we don't really understand. But I'm sure that church is not the only place that done that. I I used to work at a bank when I first got out of high school, and they had all kinds of words for things they didn't understand. (laughs) It was so long ago I was there when the, the bank went online and had to put in the accounts Sometimes I think like, yeah. it really wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> Before churches were online and you had to write everything down on a little card. Did they do that? Yes. For those this generation, we used to go into the bank and they'd have to pull out a little card and write down how much money you had, and it was all kept track of by hand. Can you imagine? How did you live? <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> It, it, was, it was normal, it was normal. So we, we come to the place where we recognize that we didn't have faith, and now we can grow. And I heard this thing. They this, said, "Well, this is how we come to understanding. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes maybe. And this is how God works. Or first you get it in your head, and then you'll get it in your heart. Wrong. It sounds good. It sounds even kind of spiritual. Well, you know, God will work in you. He'll first put it in your mind, and then he'll put it in your heart. Where is Jesus when you get born again? Like, your head is the last one to get it, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because it's going, that doesn't make sense. Mm -mm -mm. It's not your heart that's the trouble here. (laughs) Yep. Mhm. So when you're when you sit back and you allow God to work His Word in you, you realize, man, have I ever overcomplicated Christian walk? No. Let's not do that. Let's just believe what it says and allow God to work in our life. But the righteousness which is of faith it speaks this way. It's natural. It's normal. When you believe you're the righteousness of God, when you believe it's working, you just start talking it. It just happens. Not because you worked it up. I'm going to be in faith now. And he says, says, and they say this way. We're not not worried about what's going on in heaven. We're not going to worry. Oh, who's coming up and who's going down? Who's dying? Who's living? Who's going to ascend to the mighty hill? Who's going to go down to hell? We're not having that discussion. We get all caught up in what this guy doing down the block and what that person over here is doing over there. And we are go telling all the things that are not the gospel. Mm? But the word of faith, it doesn't speak that way. It doesn't, it's not concerned. It doesn't care what the government does. It tells what the government what to do. Mm-hmm. Because the government's on his shoulders. And if we're listening to his voice, it's going to move through us. The righteousness of faith speaks, yeah, they're going to have to just come in line. The whole Roman government went down when Paul was, you know, changing things. You know? The righteousness which is of faith speaks the word, speaks about Jesus, is not cut up in the affairs of this life. Doesn't matter we're up and down to this and out up and down we used to sing that song in sunday school didn't we i'm inside outside upside downside happy all the time <laughs> inside outside upside, downside happy all the time <laughs> go to sunday school learn a lot <laughs> peter james and john in the sailboat you know <laughs> i guess they don't sing those songs anymore <laughs> well praise the lord our sunday school probably does So what does it say? It says the word, verse 8, the word is close to thee. It's right beside thee. You see, if Jesus is the word made flesh, right? So when you accept that you're the righteousness because Jesus bought it for you and you accept it. You're not trying to reach for it. You, oh, in the same way you receive salvation. How did you receive salvation? Did you get inside of there and kind of work Jesus around and, blah, 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 and suddenly you're born again? No, you believed him. And you said, oh, that's right. That's for me. And you came and you said, Jesus is my savior. And you received him. You accepted him. You accept your righteousness. It works the same. It works exactly the same you pull in that righteousness. Healing works the same. All the promises that are bought in salvation work the same. You accept them. They get in you. You live them. Amen? So what happens here? This is the word is close to thee. Jesus, the word made flesh, is in your mouth because he's in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is what? It speaks. Not because you make it. Those people who know me know I like shoes. I don't have to you know, be prompted much to talk about them. I like blingy things. Prompt me, and I talk about them. I could get distracted by them. You go, but well, look at the shiny thing, you know? <laughs> I like shiny things. I don't always have shiny things on, but sometimes I do. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. I like shiny things. Doesn't take much. You don't have to push me. It's in my heart. What's in my heart comes out my mouth. How are we going to change what got in our heart is really the question. Because if we can make the adjustment and come to the place of what's in our heart, it'll come out. I don't have to work up anymore, like trying to be in faith, trying to, to be healed, trying, trying. Try. I did. It's not fruitful. I had to find out how to get things into my heart. How does it get in there? Accept it. And then opening that door, using the key. When we can admit, when we can admit where we're at, we'll know what we need to receive. I meet a lot of people who struggle in the area of forgiveness. And It's primarily due to stuff that went bad. I'm not saying stuff never went bad. God's not saying stuff never went bad. But once again, you can't give out what you haven't received. This is why the world doesn't have success in forgiveness. It's one of the reasons AA doesn't work. AA removed themselves from the word. Used to be a Christian bunch of Christians and when they saw that some people rejected Jesus they changed their program removed Jesus out of it and and so that people wouldn't be offended because they thought people still need help to get free of addictions so they removed the Jesus out and said you know whatever your God is well I got invited to do a wedding for uh, a bunch of people who were sober now and it was very interesting and, and so the people who said, we, we know that the difference that it made was that Jesus came in our life. So at our wedding, could you preach the gospel? Well, that was you know, one of those things that was really hard for me. Oh. <laughs> Not. Yeah, it, like, like you're tall. Yes, mm-hmm. Pastor. And so, sure, I agreed to that. No problem. And so we, in we, the wedding, you know, this is, I told their story. And when I told their story, I told them about Jesus. And, and so a person meets me outside. And she says to me, what you said was so real. I used to go down to the Fraser River and, and, and I'd stare at the river and, and I knew it was like my universal God. And I, you know, you remember what I said about my face, right? I'm thinking, I've seen the Fraser River, and I know what's in there, and it is not a pretty. There's lots of places you can go with water around here that are not the Fraser River that might be pretty. That was not one of them. <laughs> I mean, it is mud-filled, and it has little mud-toed thing, fish in there, bull heads. I mean, it, it, and it smells bad. And <laughs> i, thought, I thought, like, you know, trying to. Hold myself together. And <laughs> I mean, how many people have seen the Fraser River? Know what I'm talking about? It looks like a mud hole. How could this be your God? <laughs> but I kept myself calm. <laughs> and I just go, and, and, she goes in, and he, like, You talked about God like He's pure. I'm like, Yeah. And, and so eventually we got to the place of prayer. And, and I was so grateful and, and she was so happy that there was a God who was clean and pure and she didn't have to go to the muddy river anymore. But how many people go to the muddy river looking for God? I don't know. <laughs> Lots. Because we want to bring God to our level where we can understand him. And make, well, Jesus came to the earth and he became like a man. Well, not like that. Not full of mud. Not full of mud. And, and so we come to God different. This is faith. We come, and he rewards us. He says, come here. Come here. I'll help you. I'll pour my life into you. You'll grow. Things will be different. Things that once hurt you won't hurt you anymore. You can be healed in places you didn't even know you needed it. He'll change patterns. Really? hmm Why? Because he's given us his mind about things. I have the mind of Christ. What does that really mean? He's going to put his thoughts into my life. He's going to put his ways of doing things into my life because my ways weren't that good. They weren't that good. And it's hard sometimes because, you know, I want to fix everything. I have that part. I want to go around fixing stuff, and I can't. But if I'll do it God's way, which is not always on my time schedule, things work out very, very well. And I'm sure glad of it. I want to just go a couple... Oh, I was in Matthew. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 13. Now, the Bible tells us in just about three of the Gospels about how seed works. And I want, today, I want you to know that your ears are so precious. Now, I like to put earrings in my ears, and, but I've realized they're not just for decorations. That's not what your ears are for. You can decorate them and make them look pretty, but at the end of the day, they have a purpose. Things will get in your heart through your ears. That's how it works and what you hear. This is why it's so critical today that we watch what goes in our ears there's a great little Sunday school song as you're looking for Matthew chapter 13. It says, be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little feet where you go. Good song. Be careful little hands what you touch. Matthew chapter 13. And this is the parable where he talks in verse, starting at verse three, behold, a sower went forth, to sow this morning word is being sown into your heart because you have come to jesus you've come by faith to be built up and strengthened and encouraged by the word of god and and every one of you has a seed of faith and this morning the water of the washing of the water of the word is working to help it grow again we know that that if we have such a, a small amount of time because we're so busy that we've got this precious time with God that we can grow our faith. But this morning's not enough. You're going to have to feed yourself Monday through Saturday as well. And there's ways to do that. Keep feeding. Keep feeding the faith. There's enough ugly out there. And we need to wash and wash and wash. And it's okay to wash more than once. Amen. Do you wash your face every day? Mm. When he sowed, some fell on the wayside. Fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places. And we talked about that for unforgiveness. It's, it's hard. It's hard. But if you will receive forgiveness from Jesus, you'll have forgiveness to give. And remove the stones. Remove the limitations. There are some people who don't use the key of admission because they're concerned that if... They really admitted with their mouth the sin they've been in that somehow God wouldn't forgive them. Not the truth. You know what? Christians sin. Yep, they do. But don't stay in it. Amen? I I don't know any person who's a believer who didn't blow it at least once before they died. So you're in good company. And we don't live in sin. We don't do our best to keep in sin. But when we blow it, we tell God about it. He already know anyway. Not admission, not using the key, the admission key. will keep the stones there. It's hard for faith to come in. It's hard to believe God loves you. It's hard to believe when you knew you blew it. And you didn't deal with it. It's hard. Personal experience. You know, you blew it, you got mad, you lost your temper. I don't really have a temper thing going on, but I've done other things. I've spoken inappropriately sometimes. Made a a foolish jesting when I should not. And I felt bad about it. I shouldn't have done that. That was critical and mean. But it's hard in that moment if I haven't dealt with it. To handle the next situation I see. Because the devil tried to use that thing. Right? You know what I'm talking about. So we deal with it. Don't let yourself get into a place of fear that God won't use you because you blew it last week. Amen? Amen. Get rid of the rocks. When the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no roots. You see, the faith is there, but it gets dried up. Remember I said at the beginning, some, some of us get dried up. He said, but some fells on good soul. Look at this, 100, 60, 30-fold. That's pretty good return. All you have to do is use the key. How do we use the key? Well, it tells us here. He says, he says in verse 13, "'Therefore I speak to them in parables "'because they seeing see not, hearing they hear not, "'neither do they understand.'" And that's happening, Verse 15, for the people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed. We see that in a lot of places today. We're afraid to believe. We shut our eyes because the truth seems too brutal. I'm not talking about whatever they call truth out there. I'm talking about this truth. We don't want to close our eyes to this. And there's enough people out there going, oh, don't you believe that, and and trying to take the Bible apart, and and Christians are crazy. Well, it wouldn't be under such persecution if somebody didn't have it working. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, when I didn't know a lot of these things, I didn't. I didn't have the understanding I have today. Praise the Lord, He continues to grow us all. Amen. Can you say I'm still growing, and I was called to do a meeting, and it was. Up north, in and in a, for a ladies' meeting, and they brought in this baby who was screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. It was like in rough shape, and the mama was so worn out, and, and and the baby had a lot of troubles. Oh, it had a lot of troubles, and I thought the baby was. I mean, uh, raised children. I'm, we have six grandchildren now, and the baby, was small, maybe, that big, laying on the pew, and they came after and. And they said, they brought the baby to the service. I'd ministered all morning. I was hoping to have at least a glass of water before I had to preach in the afternoon, but everything kept happening. And the meeting was supposed to start at one, and it was quarter to one, and I didn't have time to even use a ladies' room, you know. And they brought in this baby. Could you please pray for her? Because they're going to take her to the hospital. And the baby was turning. And I said, well, just give me a minute. And I paused and I talked to the Lord. And I said, you know, I just felt like they said something about gallstones. And I thought, well, this is a small child to have gallstones. So I said, okay, Lord. And it was like, just, just put your hand on the baby's head. And and so they, ba- I said, okay, I'll, I'll pray for him. And I went over, and the baby's on. Uh, they had pews in that church. And so I went over, and I put my hand on baby's head. And it screamed like I stuck a knife in it. So much so that everybody went, ah! You know, and like, and they're looking at me like, is she killing the baby? <laughs> you know, did she touch it wrong? You know, people are nervous about babies, right? And the baby's like, ah, like that, <laughs> and 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 the interesting response. You see, the devil doesn't know you. In most cases, that would be a sign to back off, right? But that's not how I was made. I'm like, hmm, that's a devil, <laughs> and, I, and I mounted up with strength. I went, come out, like that. And the thing, and I went, ah. <coughs> and I was like, mm. praise the Lord. Amen. And so she decided she'd take baby home. And it was the first time I'd eaten kept food down in three or four days. We're like, thank God. So the next, this was a Saturday. The next thing we had our meetings in the afternoon and other people got healed. And a meeting Saturday night, Sunday morning, I come into church and we're about to have another meeting. And, and then, you know, I didn't come in early because I needed you know, <laughs> a moment. And everybody's gathered around the baby in a, in a stroller at the back of the church. I'm like, cool. And They're all like, yay, you know, she's here. And I'm thinking, praise the Lord, she's healed. and This is awesome. The baby had spina bifida, had never sat up and had been blind. Praise God, I didn't know. I just did what God said. And she's like sitting up in her wheelchair and she's looking all around and waving at people. I thought it was just a normal baby and she was, and she was. It was normal. It was normal. Do we have ears to hear those kinds of things of what's normal? Do we have ears to hear that the faith inside of us is still there? It doesn't matter what lies been told to you. It doesn't matter if you've blown it. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what they say out there. The word of God hasn't changed. I have a seed in me and I am more than a bit of a bulldog. What are you? Are you ready to use that seed and get it up and believe God again and see that thing turn around in your life and see things turn around in the us's that, you know, there are us's out there that need us to come in and say, you know what? I know your child or your sister or your brother or your mother had been in pain, but we are here for the family. Because we know family needs it. We know that. God knows it more than we do. And what he's put in us is more than plenty. Mm -hmm. One small seed coming into action can change our nation. It's time we got reactivated. It's time we got up and used that thing and had some fun with it. I mean, isn't it fun? I had such fun talking to that man who asked me about the bulldog. And I'm sure, as I said to him, we've got to grab hold, I said, and we've got to be kind to one another again. We've got to grab hold and love each other again. He was like, "Mm." phone, come closer. And when I say to you, it's time we loved strong again. It's time we operated in the miracles as a normal part of life. It's time our faith grew and got access to grow we got to let it come in our ears and get the blocks out and know God is with us and he's bigger and he's stronger and he's kind of fun he's kind of fun what's inside of you that went dormant What's inside that's coming alive this morning? There's a few of you who are saying, all right, I got the fire. I feel it. I feel it. It's been a while, but I'm feeling it. Holy Spirit's waking us up. He's waking us up. And it's for every person. Some of you have given words before who are sitting here today. God's used you in the prophetic, but it's been so long. You're not sure it's God's voice. I'm telling you it is. You'll get up again. You'll get up. You'll get up, and God will use you, and God can change things. There's a young man sitting here this morning who grabbed hold of the word of God, and God changed things. Some of you heard this testimony about our young friend who was going to university and believed God and hung on despite the situation. He's here this morning, and God got him in that university, and things changed. It's not dependent on your age. It's dependent on you activating what's in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The disciples just weren't sure that God would use them. Hm. What are you uncertain of today? How about let, letting loose the bulldogs? <laughs> Who let the dogs out in the right way? <laughs> I was given this. I said, by the way, we've got this in the bag. A little book called Words. It will help you in the right way. The Word of God is close to me. Is it close to you again? You crave it in your life. Oh, the Word of God. I, you know, I'm praying and believing that those words that God spoke into you are coming alive again. And they're fun. And they're good. And they nourish us because faith words nourish us. They get us up and they go, man, I'm sure glad I got God. All those days when when it's hard. And then the days when it's good. Will we still praise him? Will we still run to him when nothing's wrong? Let's be that people. Say, right, what do you got going on today, Jesus? What are we going to do today, Holy Spirit? Who you got in mind? Is there another person in a restaurant? Is there another person? I stopped this week and had a lot of running around to do. On, and I was going here and there and, and uh, had a dentist appointment. Afterwards, I was like, go into that. Go in and get your hair cut today. Well, I didn't have an appointment. And I went in there. Sure enough, there was an appointment. But not just for my hair. And a man poured out his heart about his son. Who had terrible addictions and didn't know what to do. I had another appointment and I got my haircut. Are you ready to be activated? Are you excited? Every one of you has a seed, and I'm going to pray for that seed of faith to come alive in you again. It's precious. It's precious. And God gave it to you. And He knows because He's created it and He's created you. And he's foreordained. He means he had a plan ahead of time for what you could do with it. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Some of you aren't filled with the Holy Ghost yet, but you will be. Sometimes we think about getting filled with the Holy Spirit, being able to pray in other tongues. Some of you haven't prayed in other tongues for a long time. It kind of feels a little dusty in there, but that's all right. You just get it up. God's still there. God's still there. In the same way that you decide to pray in English, you can just decide to hear the Holy Spirit and allow him to flow again in your life. When they got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, it says, it and the Holy Ghost came and moved on him, they're all just filled and, and away it went. And they all spoke to God in a heavenly language. In a heavenly language. Not because someone made them, but because they couldn't hold it in anymore. And there's days when the Holy Ghost and his fire begins to move in us. I can't hold it in anymore. And I just kind of burst. Amen. And there's a thing that God wants to do in some of you where it bursts open again, where that fire that you once knew, that first love, it comes alive. That place where you knew God and you knew he knew you. And it comes alive. And you go, I remember when I met you. I remember when you touched me. I remember when you made my life new. I can't hold this thing in anymore. And you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And he gets a hold of you again. And you just can't hold it in. And just like that, you yield to the Holy Spirit. He begins to move again. And you remember that fire. So good. So good. Oh, so good and so kind. He's so kind. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your oil again. flowing in people's lives, ministering to the hurts, ministering to the broken places. Hipreya, Indorata, Iishtikaanda. Oh you great healer of hearts. You great healer of hearts. Shibre. Oh, you're wonderful. Will you tell him today? so wonderful my king my king tell him that you love him don't hold back anymore he's with you he's with you now holy spirit i thank you for the places for the places coming alive For the places that sat dormant, that they're waking up again. I thank you. You're the healer and you're the deliverer. I thank you that sins are washed away. Forgiveness flows. And that which stung, that the stinging of it is removed of those past situations that you've come to heal our families, to heal and lift, to repair the broken bridges. You are the reconciler.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W 3B1.